Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast. So glad that you're able to spend some time with me today. Last week we started in a series on spiritual warfare, and we'll continue with that in this episode. And grab that cup of coffee or tea as we dive in. I mentioned last week about civilians who would come out to watch during the beginning of the American Civil War. It didn't take long for them to realize the seriousness of the scene. Many ran away, but you know, to see a field full of dead Americans or wounded uh, really changed their mind that this wasn't entertainment, this was a battlefield. People often think war is glamorous until they or someone they know becomes a casualty or has experienced it. Like it or not, every Christian is a participant in a spiritual war. It's hard to believe, but surveys have shown that many Christians don't believe in spiritual warfare because they don't believe in an actual devil or demons. The spiritual battle is real. And to defend ourselves with what the Almighty has provided in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul tells us to be strong and to put on the whole armor of God. Every Christian is called to be aware of the battle and to get involved in this massive global conflict. The call to arms is just not here in Ephesians chapter 6, but you'll find record of it in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, soldiers need to be encouraged, uh, just like any other person, any other civilian, but especially when prepared for battle, you probably have seen movies or read books where the leader, the squad leader, the platoon leader, whatever level of authority has a time with the soldiers to encourage, uh, to, I guess you could say, pump them up for what's going to take place in, in just a few moments. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, we see, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The first thing we are understand we're not we aren't going to be strong in our own selves because we don't have much strength. Uh, the strength comes from knowing the commander in chief, knowing Christ as Savior. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You know, in Second Timothy two seven, we see that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Now that that doesn't come on our own. We don't conjure that up by ourselves. We need to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. Second Timothy 1 7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we need to understand that there is a battle and we need his power to take care of this. A theologian of yesteryear wrote the following The true Christian is called to be a soldier and must behave as such from the day of conversion to the day of his death. He is not meant to live a life of religious ease and security. You know, a lot of preaching, and I'm thinking particularly in North America, is geared to making individuals comfortable rather than taking up the armor of God. Uh, Sadly, in many churches, conflict is something to be avoided rather than engaged and then defeated. A Christian in God's power and properly equipped in the armor of God, you know, is able to live a victorious life. 
You know, sometimes we hear that victorious life and we wonder if we'll ever achieve it. Well, it can be achieved in the power of God and putting on the armor of God. The second bit of encouragement Paul gives is that we will uh, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the word wiles is not a word that I have ever used in day-to-day conversation. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've read this portion of Scripture many times. So it's not a common word usage in our day. It means organized conduct, plans, or methods, or methodologies, especially relating to war. The enemy has wiles in place for every Christian who is living for Christ. Why else would Paul direct every Christian to put on the whole armor of God? Paul refers to the Christian to stand against the evil one. Now, if we don't stand our ground, if you're not standing for your your, your ground, we're giving ground. We're, if you don't stand, you're retreating. Every time we compromise our spiritual standards or fail to walk in righteousness, we're giving a, a little bit more ground to the enemy. We're letting them, are allowing him to have a bit more influence in our life than before. And again, against whom exactly are we fighting? Paul defines that uh, and tells us who we're not fighting for. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, he chose wrestle. And I think he did it on purpose. Well, I know he did it on purpose, but because of the intensity. I wrestled in high school. And uh, if you were not focused, if you weren't paying attention, if you were not watching your opponent and, and making strategies, you're quickly put down, okay? You were going to be put out of the fight pretty quickly. And Paul says, you know, I was trying to tell us the need for focus. Focus on the battle. We don't wrestle against human beings, but against, uh, but we do wrestle with principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual uh, hosts of wickedness in heavenly, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Evil command, you could say has a vast force of fallen angels. His forces are organized against you if you're a Christian. Now, sometimes I think we forget that. That there's an enemy at work relentlessly trying to defeat us. Looking for your downfall. Looking for you to be defeated. Because that is his plan. That is his wiles for you. He wants to see you down. There's definitely a war going on around us. Not only does God provide power and might by which to stand, but he covers us in his armor. As we continue our series, we'll examine each part of that armor. The Bible tells us Satan loses. I mean, the Bible tells us there, you know, there's, that's not a surprise. I hope it's not a surprise to you. If it is, that's a great surprise that you know he loses. And we win in the end in Christ. But before his final removal he's still on the offensive he's still trying to strike back he's still trying to take whatever he he can take and um, we have to be on the alert we have to have to be wearing that armor of god that he's provided for us you know and just in closing when we hear the word armor today we often think of like the the big old medieval suits of armor from head to toe you know and uh steel and all that stuff which looks amazing uh you know that but that stuff weighs a lot i mean it's like 50 pounds at least 
the, that obviously is not what Paul's referring to in Ephesians chapter 6 because he did not live in medieval times, okay? So that's not what we're talking about. So remove that thought process. We're talking about the Roman armor. So I mean, something you could do on your own is go online, Google, and just, you know, what is the... Uh, what did a Roman soldier look like? The armor of a Roman soldier. So that would give you a really good visual of what we're talking about. So it's six pieces of protective gear. Uh, there's five uh, defensive, purely defensive, and one offensive. So it's the belt, breastplate, shoes, shield, and helmet, and then sword. Okay. So the one big difference would be that uh, with a Roman soldier, there would be a spear as well. That's not... There's no reference to a spear in Ephesians chapter 6. So I hope that's been a help, an encouragement to you. Uh, next episode, we'll take a look at, a little bit at the enemy we face before we dive right in uh, to the actual uh, armor. All right, so take care, folks. Keep exploring the Word and keep looking to Jesus. Bye for now.